I'm Kate Daniels. March begins, and so it is the time that we meet Elaine Park, the visionary who brings us the book The Habits of Unity, and with it the activities that we can do individually and in the larger community to build a peaceful world. And it couldn't be more significant than at this time. Elaine Park, good morning. Thank you for joining us once again as we start a new month as March is right here with us. Well, it's nice to be with you, Kate. Good morning to you. However, um, the habit for the month of March in the Habits of Unity Protocol is resolve conflicts. And so knowing the state of the world affairs, I'm a little saddened that this book is in the hands of everybody in Russia, especially the leaders. Indeed. It just, you know, when I was anticipating this conversation in March, after our last conversation, never could I have imagined it would be taking on the kind of focus that it will today, just because of what's happened in the yes. last week, week and a half. Yes, absolutely, Kate. It makes me sad. Well, more than that, I think feelings of people all over the world are very saddened, you know, fearful. Um, whether your audience, you know, has the book, The Habits of Unity, or not, uh, or cares to practice any of the other 11 months. I think I'm asking everyone in your audience today listening to your program, you know, this is the month to resolve conflicts, to build a habit to resolve conflicts. So, you know, focus on that um, in your prayers, in your heart. You know, in your wishes for our country and all the country, and of course the country of Ukraine, and let's just hope that. And sort of in my mind, since the month of the end of the month of March is you know nearly 25 days from now, I'm sort of hoping that if we all join in and send energy and prayers to Ukraine and and to the hearts of the Russian leaders, that this is not the way to go for our world. That it'll take hold and perhaps end by the end of March if we all do this. And I'm so glad that you framed it in that way, Elaine, because I think, you know, we can feel so helpless, but this gives us something concrete to do. This makes us aware how our thoughts, how our own actions really have an impact on the greater whole. They do. They really do. I mean, it's been proven that prayer works. Mm -hmm. So anyone that thinks that our bodies are just physical, you know, it's just not the truth. There is a religious, spiritual component to every human being. You know, we all have a little voice inside that knows when we've done right or wrong. I wonder about the the little voices and the leaders in Russia. (laughs) I read one of them has an $800,000 yacht. (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me, $800 million lot yacht. I don't even think I've heard of a piece of property for sale in this country that's $800 million. Yes. So, uh, you know, let's, let's just hope that the voices of the people streaming through our hearts to one another can have some kind of effect. And if we all do it through the month of March, that'll be something that we can actually do. And to build upon that... In 
this wonderful book, The Habits of Unity, when we look at March and and the activities that we might engage in, one of them, uh, and this I think is so key, is to resolve a conflict we might have with someone else in our life. And we all have them to greater and lesser degrees. And I right. was thinking that if we did it, if we did that in addition to sending all this positive energy and prayers towards Russia, towards the Ukraine, that if we do the the concrete things at home in our own family, our own uh, workspaces to resolve these conflicts and broken relationships, what might that do toward healing a big rift? Uh, Kate, I think you read my mind on the next thing I was going to say. In the book, each month has a goal. So as as I introduce each month, there's a goal for the month. And so not not having Ukraine happening, um, the goal for the month of March, Resolve Conflicts, is to patch up a relationship with at least one person. That's specific, that's concrete. And there's just a little paragraph I have about that that probably kind of answers your question. Resolving conflicts with someone that you disagree with takes a lot of courage, but this is the time to begin. Start with a smile and begin mending the fence. Pick up the phone or write a letter. Take a few extra minutes with someone with whom you've experienced problems. Try to learn more about their point of view. Life is too short to hold grudges. Forgiving others is a great feeling. Reach out today, perhaps right in your own home. Lighten up, give a little, and compromise. You will be happier and healthier for the effort. So patch up a relationship with at least one person during the month of March. And and we just can't underestimate how big, how important that is. So it makes our own life really better. We're lighter. We're able to do something more constructive. Multiply that by even just a billion people, one-seventh of the world. And what would that do? There's absolutely no question what it would do. Yeah. It would just make a huge difference. You know, on the 4th of March, which on the 4th of March, um, there's a, an amazing quote that's actually been in the first edition of this book that I wrote in 2000, and the new one that tells the whole story of all the communities. Anyway, it's a it's a quote from Boris Yeltsin, the former president of Russia. Yes. And the quote is, you can build a throne with bayonets, but you can't sit on it for long. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And... Technically, that's kind of what's happening right now, and let's just hope that it can't be sat upon for very long and that, you know, compromise and peace will come back again, and we'll we'll be sending energy there and practicing peace and resolving conflicts in our own lives. And, and so this quote does take us back a, a, a couple of decades at least— and and we were in a time where we thought, oh, so much had changed. 
with right. Russia. And, there, and you know, there right. were the bridges of peace and there was a lot of exchange going on. And, uh, and, and then, and then the, not just, this didn't just happen. It's been building, uh, right. wanting to go back to the, what had, had been prior to that, prior to the nineties. Uh, right. So, so yeah, thank you for reading that quote, because that shows how things had changed, and I, w- I would really believe that there are so many, maybe if not the majority of Russian people, who still believe that, but aren't getting all the right information and the whole truth. Well, it's clear that Boris Yeltsin himself learned the lesson. Mm-hmm. Right. There is a, a commentary to that quote. Uh, in the book, which then takes that quote and relates it, I think, to some of the dynamics going on in America today, that each of us as individuals are experiencing some of these in our own lives. And if we put resolve conflicts foremost and center as, a, as a one of our goals we're going to reach out for in our own lives and empower ourselves for March, this is something we could do. Have you ever met a person who builds up their own throne with bayonets? In daily life, one of the bayonets people use against each other is ridicule. Ridicule is a common tool of youth and adults who are bullies. Ridicule can be used to put people down. Do you know what it feels like when people ridicule you? How can you reduce the destructive use of ridicule in your own life today? And, of course, you could begin by making sure you never do it yourself. Exactly. So this really brings attention, brings the spotlight on that as to what what the behaviors are and how to change them. And if we are the recipient of it to rather than retort in the same way. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Find a different way, find a questioning way and right. express how, how painful it is to to hear those kinds of words. I'm a trained mediator. You know, part of my experience that led to the tools I had for writing this book. And one of the key secrets behind mediating a conflict as a third party, which can be used by the parties having the conflict, is understanding. In other words, if you are feeling bullied or ridiculed or being put down by somebody else, you know, your first reaction should be to seek to get some understanding behind their position. You know, what's motivating their attitude toward you or the way they're treating you? And nine times out of ten, as you begin to reach out and try to find out, you'll find that something's gone terribly wrong in their life or you'll find there's a misunderstanding. You know, you'll find out something that will help you not only, you know, not not react insane kind back to them, but also have more understanding. And perhaps in that having understanding, you'll be able to change their point of view just because you reach out to understand them. And if we can, in that context, remember, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. So that if we can see that they are coming from a wounded place, 
they yeah. they're just responding from that place. If we yeah. can counter it with coming from a from a more loving, from a healed place, and you know, divert those those uh, swords in a different right. down into the right. earth uh, to or where the they bayonets. <laughs> the bayonets. Yes, the bayonets. Yeah. Right. Well, and the other the other advantage of that approach is that it gives you a really good chance to know for sure that it's not you. In other words, whatever their criticism, whatever their ridicule, um, it's not you. You know, the problem resides in and with them. And, you know, who knows? Maybe having them the target of someone's ridicule or criticism or some other act of aggression uh, against you you can wind up playing a role in helping them through whatever whatever has gone wrong in their life at the time. And, you know, it brings to mind, I can't quite uh, shake this image of something I had listened to earlier today in terms of another um, conversation I was having like this, another interview, and it had to do with youth in gangs and how, you know, they've ended up in this. It's been generational. But hearing about one young man, um, still a teenager, who talked about how his mother, when he was just six years old, his mother had said to him, how I wish you'd never been born. Why don't you just go and kill yourself? Wow. How... how I, I, I can't even comprehend hearing that sort of thing. And then what you do with your life as a result of it. Because evidently right. she then went and dropped him off at an orphanage, said she had found this kid. No. Some, yes. Oh, my goodness. You know, talk about the wounds a person like that has, why they might react with a lot of hatred and anger. So Actually, I, there's, a, there's sort of a, a man in this community who lives in sort of a garage He's a hard worker when he works. He's not really on drugs. or it's not, it's not his issue, but he's, like, unstable. Anyway, he is actually part of a huge, I didn't know this was happening, but there's a huge lawsuit having to do with church abuse yes. and the Boy Scouts abuse. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, he was molested as a young kid. And so in his case, He's actually doing better. You know, he's actually doing pretty well, coping with childhood wounds that you couldn't even possibly imagine. Right. And I've actually kind of befriended him a little bit and tried to get him jobs here and there and that kind of thing. And he's actually very smart. I was riding with him in a a U-Haul truck because we'd done this delivery and we started having conversations. I mean, he is extremely bright and knowledgeable. And when you let down the barriers of what you think someone that's your kind of person ought to look like and ought to act like and so forth, you just find these wonderful surprises. Something like letting go of some judgments. Judgments, yes. You just find these wonderful surprises. Hmm. Someone's letting him live in a garage, and it's just an interesting story. It is. He's a good man. He's was just wounded very young in his life. So many, many people, both children and adults, who are bullies, I think are bullies because they've been wounded. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Invariably, we do find that that's the case. And right. That's why we have February's habit, which is you count. Mm. You know, February is a month to embed in all of us, you know, the recognition of exactly how how much we matter and how important we are in, in both our own lives and in the lives of um in the lives of the people whose lives we touch every day. I don't know if I've ever told you about a little a little experiment I often do when I teach a program, often with children, to teach people, teach kids how important they are. Um, if I had a class of maybe 25 kids, I'll, I'll ask kids, if, and sometimes I'll be in inner city neighborhoods, and the, you know, the kids are kids, I'll ask kids how, how they feel about themselves. And they'll raise their, and maybe half or less will, will say they feel that they matter. So then I tell them I'm going to prove to them beyond all shadow of doubt that it matter. And, and I ask them, how many think I can do that? And, of course, hardly any of them raise their hand. <laughs> I say, okay, one of you who does, is any good at math, come up here and sit by me. I want you to be my accountant. So then I start around the room. It might be 11 o'clock in the morning, and I say to the first child, how many people have you, t- have you interacted with today? And they'll say, you know, five, eight. 10 and my little accountant writes it all down and by the end of this exercise i say to this class of 25 students it's only 11 o'clock in the morning and you've already interacted with 580 people and you've had power over whether the moment you spent in their space it made their made their day better or worse so how could you possibly feel you're not important and then i ask the question again and the whole class raises their hands and, and realizes that they matter. Mm. Yes, right. And and that even that one activity plants a seed in them that yes. it will germinate, and they yes. will they'll that makes a difference for them at moving forward and growing up. You know, before I started the exercise. None of them thought I could prove to them that they mattered. Right. <laughs> but I did. Yes, exactly. So, so yes, February brought our attention to that. We matter. So, therefore, when we come to March and resolving conflict, we need to realize that still there are wounded people, but we matter. Yeah. And, and some of us are have whatever, however we get here, we're able to heal some of these wounds so that we feel a little stronger and and feel yes. better. So then when we have that gift of healing, it, it, we have a, a responsibility to share it, to, to shine that out on others. Well, I absolutely believe that. And that's why, you know, every month we have an opportunity to do that with a slightly different focus. Mm-hmm. But this month, of course, with resolved conflicts, it it really matters. Even if even if the even if the Ukraine Russian conflict had not occurred, um, conflicts in this country there are way more conflicts that are unresolved right now than there have been in years, perhaps since the Civil War, um, and therefore, I consider March 
technically the most important of the 12 habits. Now, I consider the 12 habits kind of organic. Someone who's listened to your program enough or, or maybe looked up the book or gone to the website, some of the months are about, your, uh, about how you view yourself, like February, you count. Some of the months are about interpersonal relationships, like March is all complex. And then, of course, April is about taking care of our environment. So, so improving the climate of a culture, and our Amer- America is a culture, you know, comes through sort of an organic blending of improving ourselves, improving our ability to have healthy relationships, and obviously taking care of our climate. And yeah, there is so much work to do. Yeah. And I think, I hope that it's clear from how we've been having this conversation that, you know, even the small things that we do within ourselves and between another person emanates into larger community and and has far-reaching effects. So there's nothing too small that we can do to resolve conflicts. Uh, Speaking of something small, I mean, I was just in a conversation myself with a a fairly good friend the other morning, and I was making a statement, and somehow uh, my friend mistook this statement and said, well, I'm not crazy or I'm not out of balance or whatever it was she said. I mean, I was only speaking about myself, but she thought I was inferring something about her. And I think the important thing is when you feel something getting just a little out of sorts, bring it right back right away, mm-hmm. you know, before it has. So I immediately said to her, oh, no, you know, I, I did not mean that at all. So please don't even think that I've meant that. You know, clear it up immediately. The sooner you clear up a misunderstanding, and certainly our world leaders could learn from that fact. <laughs> um, you know, the sooner you clear up a misunderstanding, the less apt it is to fester and get worse and lead to a real disillusion of the friendship at best uh, or the family relationship at worst, you know, a real conflict. Right. So never underestimate the little things. I guess it's partly being conscious, be fully conscious, you know, every step we take during the day, who we see, how we look at people, you know, think with a smile in our eyes since we're still wearing masks. Uh, Yes, I know. Right? We can still smile with our eyes. Exactly. And... You know, you have to you have to realize that everyone's having a day, just like you're having a day. You know, with things going on in their personal lives, and, and I really think one of the secrets to resolving conflicts is one of the other months, which is the month of October, which is be patient and listen. Mm. You can't resolve a conflict with someone or even see that you've been misunderstood if you're not really listening to them. You know, that's what makes the 12 months kind of organic in the way they work together. Right. So good listening skills is a key a key part of keeping the, the, the relationships in your life healthy because you really listen to other people in your life and you respond to what they their needs are, what they're saying. 
your responses are empathetic, and they know that you're really there and care for them. And if some kind of a, a exchange between the two of you does get off, then because you're really listening, you catch it and 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 stop it from happening by saying, "Oh no, no, you know, I didn't really mean that," or whatever it is they they misconstrued. And you know, later on in the month, it talks about forgiveness realizing yes. that sometimes we don't necessarily do something on purpose. It just turns out in a way that isn't very pleasant, but learning to forgive. Absolutely. And I think forgiving has two forms to it. I read a book a while back about forgiveness, and they defined if someone apologizes and asks you to forgive them, then you can forgive them because they've asked for that forgiveness. But if you felt wronged by somebody and they don't acknowledge it and they don't respond and ask for forgiveness, you can realize that that's just one tiny aspect of who they are. And then the next level from forgiveness is what I call acceptance. You know, we're all imperfect. So total accepting love means we accept the imperfections in others. So you can accept the fact that a little blip happened in that relationship, and yes, it might have been um, not necessarily your fault as much as theirs, but if you don't get a real apology from them, then you can accept them anyway and value them in your life. Exactly. Just have a bigger heart and more understanding heart. Right. The beauty of it all, Kate, is that Behaving in these ways, helping others in January, knowing that you count in February, now in March, resolving conflicts. We hope that other people in our lives benefit from the fact that we're improving ourselves. But guess who benefits the most? We do. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine I'm sort of putting myself in the minds of hearts of some of your listeners out there who may be listening to us and saying, you know, I get on the outs with Fred or whatever it is. Maybe I'll call Fred. So I'm thinking to myself, I mean, I would love to be a little bug on the wall. I'm hoping, I mean, I'm thinking about how wonderful it would be when people who might hear this message actually do reach out to someone in their lives before the month is over and, and, and try to patch up a relationship as the monthly goal is for the month. Patch up one relationship, at least one. Right. And knowing then how that improves one's own life, how you feel differently, how I feel differently once I've done that, that there just is this lighter feeling because this, yeah. those kinds of negative things are really like a sack of potatoes on our back. They weigh us hey, down, yeah. right? Again, I think of these leaders who do aggressively brutal things. I can't imagine the weight on their souls. You know, I just can't imagine. No. I mean, I can't imagine that they could possibly know contentment and true joy and peace. I mean, how can they? They can't, and yet somehow they are in positions that have a lot of power. But in that context, again, I think we have to really understand that we have power, too. 
and to do the little things that together, well, and actually, you know, do the little things because March ends, as March wraps up in the book with quotes, I love this one, this really significant, the Ethiopian proverb, when spider webs unite, they can tie up a lion. So think of that. Oh, that's a great close to the program. That's wonderful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a wonderful analogy. Just think of that as we're this parts of a spider web, but when it all joins together, it could tie up a lion, that lion being some terrible despot who's... And that is absolutely what happens in our world. You know, we spider webs have to unite. I mean, I think people around the world are trying to, you know, they're showing their that they're on the side of peace and they're on the side of Ukraine retaining its sovereignty and the Ukrainian people. But, you know, the real leap will be when that conflict goes into compromise and settles down and then the spider webs, you know, we as spider webs unite by each doing simple acts in our own lives to resolve conflicts so that the acts of resolving conflicts build up and create a force strong enough to tie up the lion of conflict and negativity that seems to have a lot of the world in its grip right now. Exactly. Well, Elaine Park, as always, it's just so uplifting and energizing to be able to converse with you and share these ideas, you know, all this positive energy flowing out over the airwaves to the community anywhere in the world. So I am so grateful to you for taking your time, sharing your insights and all the work you have really poured into this wonderful book, The Habits of Unity. Thank you, Kate. It was a pleasure to be here. Remember, I'm asking your audience, just resolve a conflict with just one person this month and keep a conflict from happening because you actually listen to the other person. And You'll have a happier month, I'm sure.